Welcome to the One Team, One Promise podcast. My name is Matt Troop, and I serve as the Chief Executive Officer for Conway Regional Health System. In this podcast, we're going to continue on our journey through our executive leadership team, or ELT as we like to call it. And today I have with me Mr. Brian Gibbs. Hello, Mr. Troop. <laughs> hey, Brian, thank you for being here. I know that. Uh, of, of all ELT members, Brian was the least excited about coming today. That is correct. <laughs> and uh, he's here under threat of his job. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> that is not true. Uh, I really appreciate uh, uh, Brian, Brian being here. So as um, those of you who've listened to other podcasts uh, before with other ELT members, this is just a conversation about Brian, his background, and uh, a little bit about how he got into healthcare and, and ended up here in, in Conway. So um, Brian, why don't we just start from the beginning? You were born <laughs> in Bonterre, Missouri. Okay, in Missouri, yes. Missouri, just, not, just yeah. south of St. Louis. Okay, all right. And uh, your your dad was in healthcare, if I recall correctly, right? That is correct. He was um, uh, materials management director mm-hmm. for several years at several different facilities. He was a corpsman in the Navy, so. Uh-huh. I've been exposed. My mother was an office manager at a um, physician's office. That's just what I know. Um, our friends that my dad hunted with were physicians and CRNAs, and yeah, that's what I know. That's what I've always known. Any memorable stories from your dad coming home and complaining about his his boss or administrator or the CEO and what a jerk they yeah, were? Yeah, it was generally the CEO. Yeah, uh, y'all ever commiserate and share stories about? Yeah. My father just recently retired uh-huh. as the materials management director at a hospital up in Missouri, and so in the last ten years, we've had more of an opportunity to uh, yeah. tell stories and get advice from each other. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's great. Um, and so you you grew up in Missouri, and then um, what what kind of led you? You you went into the Navy, if I remember correctly. Is that right? That is correct. And so what? What uh, what drove you into the medical field? Was it just you know being around healthcare and your dad and family environment? I think so. Um, one of my first jobs in a hospital, I, w- I mowed the yard uh-huh. at Phelps County Memorial Hospital. Uh, oh, how and cool! My first job outside of Taco Bell was in dietary at uh, St. John's Medical Center in Joplin. Uh-huh. So I just been around hospitals I've your whole a- life. I've been around hospitals all my life. Um, I um, graduated a little bit early from high school and started college early. Got kind of tired of that. Mm-hmm. Um, decided I need, needed to do something else and went in the Navy as a corpsman because my dad was a corpsman. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how that worked. Cool. And when you were in the Navy, you got to live in some exciting places, interesting places. Uh, I wouldn't say exciting, just different than <laughs> Conway, uh-huh. Arkansas. Uh-huh. I spent some time in uh, San Diego, California. Went to boot camp and core school there. Um, was a nice place to visit, but wouldn't want to live there. Right. right. Um, and then got transferred to Portsmouth, Virginia, and that's where I spent the remainder of my naval career at the Portsmouth Naval Hospital, and did some independent duty at some clinics and yeah, a couple bases there. And what your your role was kind of as a, a medical assistant, or was it a? I had several different roles. Um, I was certified as an ambulance driver and EMT. Um, spent um, our, our duty hours in in the emergency room, but I worked in an oral surgery. Uh, wing of the hospital, uh, urology, um, got to do some work with the plastic surgeon, um, ENT. So I had a kind of um, exposure to several different areas. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was a good experience. And how how long did you do that? Uh, four years. Four years. Okay. 
So you you get out of that. Did you go back into college at that point after Navy? Uh, no. Um, right out of uh, the Navy, I got a job at a medical supply distributor um, as their contract administrator to learn that side of the business. Because mm. at that point, I kind of knew where um, my career, where I wanted my career to go. Yeah. Um, and so I, I thought it would be good to learn that the supply side of that, um, how that works uh-huh. instead okay. of just in a hospital. Cool. And you did that in, in Virginia, or did you come back to... To Joplin. Your, Joplin, okay. Because I consider Joplin my hometown. Yeah. I graduated high school there. Yeah, yeah. So you come back to Joplin. Did you go back into a hospital in Joplin? No, or? that's where I went into the medical supply okay. uh, from a distributor. Um, did that for a couple of years, and then an opportunity came available at a hospital there in town. Um, and I got hired on as a buyer in the materials management department. Okay. So okay. I did that for, I think, two or three years. Okay. And then what brought you to Arkansas? Uh, the job in Mountain Home. Um, okay. After I was at uh, the hospital in Joplin um, for a couple of years, an opportunity came up in Mountain Home. Um, I think I was, I think I was 30 or maybe just a little under 30 um, and got the job at um, Mountain Home as the director of materials management. Okay. There. And Mountain Home, we were talking about this a little bit on the way over. Uh, how big is that hospital? Is it? I think it's 300 or a little bit oh, more. Okay. Um, it's bigger than I, I thought. I'd never been there, obviously. Yeah, when I first got there, it was much smaller. They had a big um, expansion several yeah. years into my tenure there. Okay, okay. And then what brought you to Conway? Uh, a job. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> always helpful. Um, I had actually, um, in uh, Mountain Home, had um, resigned my position up there and was taking some time off. Mm. Um, luckily, I had the opportunity to do that, yeah. which I think everybody should have that opportunity <laughs> once in their life. Yes. Um, and then the job came available here, and so I called and interviewed and got did, the job here. Did you know people here? or uh, No. Huh. Um, my grandfather actually went to school here, and I did not know that. Oh, wow. Um, I passed by Conway for years, going from Mountain Hall to Little Rock to, to conferences, and um, always thought it was kind of a neat little town from the highway, but never stopped in Conway. Was Lambert the CEO at that time, or who? No, it was Mr. Robbins. Robin, Robbins. Robbins. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So pre, pre-Lambert. pre Correct. Um, and, uh, okay, so you came to work here as the material management director? director. Yes. Okay. And then um, t- tell us a little bit about, because I think it's always helpful to kind of know the history and, and culture. What was what was Conway Regional back? That was back 17, 18 years ago? 2001. 2001. So 18 years ago. So tell us a little bit about what was Conway Regional like back in 2001? How would you describe the culture? What was it, what was it like coming to work here? I think the culture was still friendly and family-oriented, and that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, like I say, um, in orientation, I came to stay five years and go to Florida, and then I've been here 18 years because uh-huh. I kind of like the people. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a good place. It's just the right size. And I think it was back then. Also, yeah. Um, I just think we were a little bit more reserved, not uh, leaning forward. Yeah, uh, it was just kind of we were doing our thing and just status quo. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that this is you know research or evidence based, but there is something about I think the size of a of a hospital and and culture and the ability to really still feel like you're you're part of a family without it being so large. We're in kind of that sweet spot, right? Um, where you can still have that feel, still get things done, and and not be uh, bogged down. But 
So you came here in 2001, and obviously your role today is, is from from then has grown quite a bit, right? I mean, Correct. you've done quite a bit more right. since then. Tell us a little bit about your role today. <laughs> it's kind of busy. <laughs> uh, my role today is uh, taking care of the facility. Yeah. Uh, of course, my job is um, managing um, everything you see from environmental services to food to facilities um, and Currently, right now, construction projects are taking a large amount of my time. Yes. Got, got one or two going on. Yes. <laughs> so, to speak to that specifically, so right now we've got a medical office building, mm-hmm. obviously, that's uh, coming out, out, out of the ground. Um, what's, what's on the horizon in the near term? Let's say next six months. This is um, October of 2019. What's, what's ahead? Uh, next project will be Greenbrier Clinic. Uh, we're expanding that clinic from about 5,000 square feet to about 14, and I'm uh, going to be able to house our physical therapy um, in there also. Um, then we have uh, the CCU. Yeah. That's going to be a big project, um, and it's going to be very messy. Yes. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and then we're going to change the front of the hospital, uh, uh, the facade and the drive up and entrances and change the entire look of the front of the hospital and c- kind of connect the campus. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's going to be a, that's going to be a big change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not to mention pharmacy, which just moved ph- lab ph- coming far next, obviously. Right. Hendrix clinic. Um, we have a, have a list of, um, endoscopy center, um, wound clinic relocation, um, just a lot of things going on. Yes, yes. You know, in, in my role, I get to kind of think ahead and think about our campus and think about where could this service go or how could we fit this new service line or expand this part of the hospital, that part of the hospital. And uh, Brian's always very patient with me. And uh, oh, As far as you know. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't lose his mind too too much at least in a very visible way, um, but uh, in all seriousness, that that's a lot going on mm-hmm. at once. I mean, in, right. the, in the next six months, mm-hmm. Greenbrier CCU facade um, lab. I mean, mm-hmm. all simultaneous. So, but one of the things people don't realize is when the when you hear about the project, somebody outside hears about the project, my hard work's done. It's the planning, it's the engineering, it's the architecture, is it getting this right, picking out the colors and getting permits and rezoning and all that other stuff that happens that nobody sees when the project gets MOB. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm relaxed about that because it's just going to go forward. It's yeah. done. Until they come back and say, oh, right. but, by the way, yeah, the price of steel went up, you know. Right, of course. Whatever. It's always. Yeah, yeah. So you always have that, that to contend with. Um, what do you like most about your job? Um, I mean, other than the CEO, of course. I mean, I know yes, that's a given. Um, so, what was it? I said a unhealthy man love going on. <laughs> we might want to cut that out. <laughs> um, I like my job because everybody's going to need me. Uh-huh. Sooner or later, I'm going to yeah. interact with everybody in the hospital. It's either going to be um, where we're doing a unit, and I get to work with the nursing staff to help uh, plan design. Um, I get to work. Closely with um, executive leadership team, all the other directors, um, and because my role is facilities and food and environmental services and supply chain, I get to interact with everybody. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great job. I can't believe you pay me for this. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and say it. I can't believe I'm paying you for well, this. Also, yeah. <laughs> I, 
can think of so many <laughs> smart alecky things to say. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I think those are very true. You know, I, I have been, uh, I don't say surprised because I guess I've always known this, but you take something like food service and how much that touches people. I mean, how right. much people... They're very passionate yeah. about their food. Yeah. Right. And, and here in particular, and stuff like the Healthy Traditions Program, mm-hmm. right. which has just been such a great way to extend... Uh, a, a benefit to employees right. without really having to um, spend a whole lot of money, right. frankly, or, or go out it's of our very, way. Very inexpensive, inexpensive offer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but yet it has a real impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't tell you if people complain or they have critiques, I'm trying to put this in a, a positive way about hospitals in general. It's always mm-hmm. parking, and food, <laughs> two two worlds in which you live every day. And one of the reasons because everybody knows how to cook. Yeah, yeah. And they can always do it better. So always I have mean, an opinion. Yeah, they yeah. have an opinion. Yeah. Um. So let's let's dive a little bit personally. What do you like to do for fun? Um. Just relax. I like doing projects around the house. Um. I have um a, a kind of weird obsession with power tools. Uh-huh. I have a lot of them. Uh-huh. Um, they're, they're very organized in my garage. I can only imagine. They have yeah. a spot. Um, and I just like doing little projects around the house and fixing things. My wife um, likes crafts, and so she's always coming some, on something on Pinterest that I have to cut a piece of wood and do something with. So um, <laughs> it's always, and it usually turns out pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And, and drone flying. I like to fly. Um, I'm not as gutsy as you. Yeah, well, stupid may be the better term. But, I was trying um, to be nice, you know. <laughs> I uh, it, Brian showed me a his drone brought a drone up to the hospital not too long ago, and I just was enamored. I thought this was the coolest thing ever, and so as my present that year, I bought myself the the same drone, the DJI Mavic Pro. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. I get that right. Correct. Okay, so yeah, I don't even know what, what you call it, but. I was so, so very excited. I got that thing on a Friday night. and um, After I told you to just watch the video, don't like do anything. 12 times. 12 <laughs> times. 12 times Mr. Gibbs told me, look, there's this YouTube. He sent me links. He said, read the instruction handbook. You know, do prepare. Don't, don't just take the thing out of the box, charge it, and go. Of course, I, I don't listen. I don't listen. So it's Friday night. This thing actually gets our, to our house Friday night and... Friday night is date night in the troop household. So Melissa and I, you know, Friday night we go out to dinner. And I get home, uh, I get into this toy drone. It's not a it's not it's not a, a toy. It is a tool. It is, yeah. Anything you gotta register with the FAA it is, is not a toy. Not a toy. <laughs> so anyway, I get the thing out. Uh, it's about 10:30. My 12-year-old son Gabriel and I, uh, he was 10 at the time, you know, go outside and I'm just gonna fly it. My front yard, just you know, six feet off the ground. I'm not going to do anything crazy. And Brian had told me, so this is kind of your fault. Brian told me <laughs> that there is a feature, a home feature, and it will come back. So if you lose visual sight of the drone and you don't know where you are, you hit this home button, and it'll come right back to where it takes off. Right, Brian? Kind of, if you would have read the instructions. <laughs> so I knew I was in so, trouble when I was getting texts. What does this battery light do? And I just respond, watch the videos. Yes. And that every, happened several times during the evening. Every response was back to a YouTube. Very convenient and nice of you to be very directional in terms of what I was supposed to do. But, of course, again, I didn't listen. So I'm flying it around, and I have these huge pine trees in my front yard. I mean, they're like, 
I don't know, 60, 70 feet tall pine trees. And, and I tell Gabe, I'm, I'm still kind of compliant, right? It's about 30 feet away underneath the you know pine tree. And I tell Gabe, look, watch, I'm going to hit this home button and it's going to fly right back to where it took off. Well, no, it goes zing right up, straight up because... It goes to 65 feet and then comes home. Right. It, it syncs up with global satellites and gets its position correct, and then it comes back. And so, Because that was in the instructions. It yes, would have said that that's in, right. Or the video. <laughs> yes. So it goes straight up, gets stuck in a, a tree about I don't, literally 60 feet in the air, and, and I just panic, and I had it on record so you can you know take pictures and record this thing and uh there's some classic audio we ought to what I maybe play um I actually have it and Brian has it I, pl- I play it often when I'm feeling bad about yes. myself and and the, the yeah I I I shouldn't well, I'll go ahead and ruin it but anyway so Gabe Gabe asked me he said so dad you know uh you, you got this thing stuck in the tree uh let me ask you a question I said okay he said how, how are you going to tell mom it's like, how are you? How are you going to explain this to mom? And I was just so exasperated, and I just took a deep sigh, and I was like, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't. Okay, Dad. Since you're the one who's going to have to explain this to mom, how are you going to do it? How am I going to do it? How the heck are you going to explain it to mom? All right. It's my favorite clip. Just it's that, just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I proceed to uh, the next morning go out and, and try to get a ladder. Of course, it's too far out on a branch. I go to Home Depot and I get some PVC pipe to, re- to extend to reach the drone. And I think, well, what I really need to do is put a fish, you know, like a fish net thing. A What do you call that? Yeah. Oh, to be his neighbor that morning. So a, 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 a pole with a fishnet on the end of it. Anyway, so I put that on the end of this PVC pipe, and I'm hanging it out there. Of course, now the, the fishnet gets stuck in the tree. So now I've got this very expensive drone and a fishnet hung up in my, my front yard, and I'm just mortified. Um, my wife and I aren't speaking because we missed date night, and now her idiot husband has just got this very expensive drone just stuck in a tree, which she was not in favor for of anyway, all right? She's just Correct. not a fan. So um, I end up getting a hold of this tree guy, and Brian, um, Brian I, I may have even recommended just call a tree guy, and so I call a tree guy that is just like, the most bad ace individual ever and skinnied up the tree and handed it back down to me. And, um, I was relieved. <laughs> Whew. It, I was, was, it was a fun Saturday. Oh, it was just miserable. Oh man. Oh man. So anyway, I, and I, and I got the fishnet out of the tree. So the drone and the fishnet. So there you go. So, um, I'm not sure how we got off on that story, but yes, that's, that's the kind of influence, uh, Brian has, has on, has on me. So, but electronics, that's an interest of yours, yes, right? Yes. I'm a, I'm a gadget guy. Yeah. I like electronics and yeah, just anything electronic I'm good with. Just, yeah. And you, you have a dog. I have two dogs. Two dogs. What are their names? Addie and Zena. Addie and Zena. We call them thickness and goggles. <laughs> that's from a no. movie. Now your your lovely wife uh, is also in healthcare. She's a RN. Okay, she works at um, Arkansas Surgical Hospital. So who takes care of the two 
pooches when you guys are at work? They are crate trained, and they sit in there, and that's their home. And while we're gone, they sit in there and sleep. Do they do they go to doggy daycare? They do go to doggy daycare from time to time, as we call it. Um, they do go to Hounds Hideaway because they are spoiled. Okay, and so and so I gotta I gotta I gotta press on this a little bit more because somebody told me this. I don't know if it's true that that they will come up and pick up your dogs. Yes, they have the code of the garage and come and pick up the kids and take them to daycare. <laughs> Um, generally once a week or once every other week to get some socialization time. Socialization. Yes. Yes. And we call it, uh, that in the evenings after that daycare, uh, we call it the hounds effect. Um, they sleep and it's yeah. awesome. I yeah. mean, they just fall asleep <laughs> in your lap. You don't hear from them the rest of the evening. So that's the hounds effect. <laughs> that's greatness. I, yeah. They're sort of like little homeschool dogs, and they need they need socialization. Yes, yes, yes. they're yeah. They, they have friends. Oh gosh, because my wife and I are very social creatures. <laughs> not not so, so much. That was sarcasm. Yes. <laughs> so and okay. Now speaking to to humans, you to you humans. have kids? Yes, I have um, three kids. Um, I have um, a daughter that's in her thirties. I have a son that's thirty, and then I have another one that's in late twenties. All right. And we have our first grandchild. That's what I thought, she's, yeah. Um, her name is Birdie Anna Lynn. They live in awesome. Fayetteville. Um, she's uh, just a little over seven months. She's really hard to look at. I mean, she's <laughs> just so cute. <laughs> so we get up there and see her uh, every chance we get. It's cool. Do a lot of FaceTiming. Yeah. And one of your sons is in healthcare, if I recall correctly. Is that right? He was in healthcare. Okay. And he's now... Um, Working for Walmart, and um, he does coding for Walmart. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Up in Fayetteville, Fayetteville area? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The boys li- both live up in Fayetteville. Very, very cool. Very cool. Um, awesome. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. What else would you like the world to know, Mr. Gibbs? Um, this was more than I wanted them to know. <laughs> <laughs> well... I, as you could probably tell, I really enjoy working with, with Brian. Um, I affectionately call Brian the pink elephant guy um, because I can tell Brian or ask Brian that, to put a pink elephant in the lobby at 9 o'clock tomorrow, and he will kill himself to get a pink elephant in the lobby at 9 o'clock in the morning. And so it's uh, every team member has uh, a certain attributes that they contribute to the team. Brian's a doer, and that's really what I like about working with you is that you – you get stuff done, and sometimes um, under some challenging situations and scenarios, and that's a, that's a fun part of of having a team like we do, and particularly your your gift in particular. It's a it's a huge part of our team. So thank you for thank doing you. this. Thank you. And uh, really enjoyed the visit. And thank you guys for listening to uh, our One Team One Promise podcast. We'll see you soon.